I'm here in Saint Louis, Senegal for a special edition of the Observers Direct. Something a little bit different. We're coming to a city where we have several observers active. Let's go meet them. At the mouth of the Senegal River on the Atlantic coast, Saint Louis is a city on the water. But climate change has turned the water into a threat. Erosion is gnawing at the coastline and the ocean is advancing up to five meters per year. As a result, the Longue de Barberie, a strip of land between the river and the ocean, is set to disappear. It's a scenario that worries our three observers from Saint Louis. Magtar Ndiaye, a youth communication consultant. Tierno Dico, an IT engineer. And Petit Ndiaye, a social marketing consultant. Petit grew up in the Get Endar fishing district on the Long Dubaberie. On the seafront, and in particular on the beach, there used to be houses and shelters where people went to relax. We've been sounding the alarm for three years now, with posts on social networks, alerts in the press and on TV, to inform people about the danger, which is very real. Some people have lost all their savings. They're not used to the idea of keeping their money in a bank. This used to be a bedroom. It was a bedroom? Yes, it was a bedroom. And as you can see, the sea has destroyed everything. If you walk along the Langue de Barberie, you see schools which have been destroyed, especially primary schools, mosques, shelters. The constructions weren't well built. You can see, for example, that the floor here isn't very robust. It doesn't meet architectural standards. The best protection against the ocean is what's left of the wall built by the French in colonial times. We'll meet up with Tierno later. Maktar and Petit take us to visit a seawall that the Senegalese government started building in February and which collapsed in April. On the day the seawall collapsed, I went to see the damage. I even took photos. Look, the seawall used to be here. With the swell, it was totally destroyed. It fell over. In this image, we can see that the ocean spilled over the seawall and reached the other side. If the wall had been properly built, the ocean would never have been able to make it to the other side. Even though the situation is urgent, it makes no sense to spend 3.5 billion of taxpayers' money on a solution which collapsed at the first swell. The authorities say the seawall was designed to adapt to movements of the sand. Since 2016, some of those affected have been evacuated, while some have benefited from a United Nations relocation program. Around 300 people remain in a temporary camp on the outskirts of Saint Louis. You're not dreaming. You're in Saint Louis, Senegal. As you can see, there are piles of rubbish, stagnant water, people living in very difficult conditions. Six toilets for 300 people and two water stations, often far away. In August 2018, a local news site published a video about the living conditions in the camp, and Maktar shared it online.
I thought to myself, this video should go viral. I downloaded it onto my Facebook page and it got 80,000 views. People were astonished to see that in St. Louis, Senegal, there were people who were considered refugees. You mean many people in San Louis found out the truth about this camp from the video, even though the camp had existed for more than two years? Yes. The people of San Luis swung into action. There were donations of mosquito nets and bleach. Volunteers helped rebuild. I've been here for more than a year now with my family. It's hard. My children are ill. They have diarrhea. They throw up. Some have asthma because of the dust. There's stagnant water and mosquitoes, of course. Life was great at home. We had a TV. We all lived together. We breathed clean sea air and it wasn't this hot. If I could speak with the authorities, I'd urge them to let us leave this place as soon as possible. We meet with the mayor of San Luis, who's also the minister for water and sanitation. He clearly does not agree with this criticism. When will these people get new homes? At the moment, we're trying to improve their quality of life. It's true that the situation is a bit difficult, but it's under control. We're in communication with the people who are affected. There's a World Bank program underway. We think that in three months' time, we'll have mobile units available so they can move out of their tents. Mayor, you live next to Khayala. How does it make you feel to come home and see people living in such atrocious conditions? Each time I pass in front of Khayala, my heart goes out to them, because each day that goes by is another day of suffering. That's the reality. But I think that the future has something better in store. Around 300 prefabricated housing units should be made available to the victims. The project is already running several months late, however. San Luis is also relying on foreign aid, including from France, to complete the seawall to protect the Long de Barberie and the fishing community that calls it home. The next morning, we meet up with Petit Ndiaye. On the 29th of January, he posted some images online. A San Louis fisherman who had ventured out of Senegalese waters was killed by the Mauritanian Coast Guard, sparking a wave of violence. I was in the area on the day the demonstrations occurred on the other side of the island, and I saw the market was on fire. Someone told me it was the fishermen who were angry with the Mauritanian Coast Guard who'd killed one of their colleagues. I saw that some Mauritanian shops here in St. Louis had been burned down or looted like that one. Others had suffered the same fate in town. It's true that fishermen are often harassed by the Mauritanian Coast Guard. But the violence and burning down Mauritanian shops wasn't called for. It doesn't exactly help create social stability between the two countries. When they're out at sea, fishermen don't know where the Mauritanian border is. They're hunted down and chased by the Mauritanian Coast Guard, who often open fire, seize their fishing equipment, and cause huge economic and security problems. Some people have been killed, or lost an arm or a leg. 
Petit introduces us to Jacques, one of the 15,000 San Louis fishermen. There have been fewer and fewer fish in Senegalese waters in recent years, the main cause being poor stock management and overfishing by trawlers from Asia and Europe. Neighbouring Mauritania had stricter controls and has managed its stocks better. That has tempted fishermen from San Louis to venture into Mauritanian waters. Here we only have sea bream for about a month, but over there you have lots of species all year round, like groupers and hake. If you fish here, you'll earn less than 75,000 francs a day. Once you've paid for the engine and your crew, there's hardly anything left. In Mauritanian waters, if you go out to sea for three days, you can earn up to a million. We're in the low season. The fishing season will start up again in November, so it's even harder to bring in a good catch. Jacques manages to net a few fish, but their flesh is bad. They can't be sold and have to be released. After the violence, a new agreement was signed between the two countries. Starting in November, fishermen from San Louis will get 400 licenses to fish in Mauritania. In Get and Da, the fishing neighborhood, some people are excited about the benefits for the local economy, but others feel the agreement is unfair. The 400 licenses are only for certain types of fish and for boats with what are known as encircling nets. It could be better because it's going to benefit only the fishermen who do this kind of fishing. Not everyone has a boat and an encircling net. There are other types of fishing that exist in Get and Da. It shouldn't be Mauritania telling people here how to fish. There's disagreement on another point. The boats from San Louis will have to dock in Mauritania to have their catch counted. Tierno, we're here on the banks of the Senegal River. You wanted to show us these children learning to swim using jerry cans as floats and introduce us to the man who's teaching them to swim. Yes. Last year, a friend asked me to come and meet this guy by the river. He teaches people to swim for free. He didn't have any life vests. I filmed and photographed him. Then we launched a hashtag with Maktar. A hashtag, hashtag life vests for Zale, because we really wanted to help him find life vests so the kids would be safer and learn to swim quickly. In San Louis, there is no municipal pool and no barriers on the banks of the Senegal River, where children play year round. Drowning is common. Thanks to the campaign launched by Tierno and Maktar, Zale's former students and the San Louis port got together and gave life vests to Zale, six in total because his free swimming lessons are first and foremost a lesson in survival. Come on, your head needs to come out. What's your head for? Come on, jump in the water. Come on, swim. Come on, look at me, I'm watching you. Not like that, like this. First, I teach them to tread water and to keep afloat, even if they can't swim. That's so that if necessary, they can hold on until someone comes to save them. After that, I teach them all the different strokes. You're very strict. Is that the best way? If I'm hard on them, it's because a child could find themselves on a boat which is sinking and he may have to jump in. This way he won't be afraid.
that's it for this special edition of the Observers Direct. A big thank you to our three observers for having us here. Thanks to France 24 for coming to see us. The next Observers Direct might be in your city, so get in touch with the Observers Newsroom and send them your pictures. You can contact us via Facebook, WhatsApp or email. See you next time. See you. Big up. Middle East Matters, presented by Sanam Chantier. Keep up to date on the latest from the Middle East. We bring you political, economic and cultural events from the region in this weekly Middle Eastern program. Middle East Matters on France 24 and France24.com.